This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning. This is Sport Today, your weekday sports news podcast that puts you ahead of the game. I'm Sam Ferris. And I'm Lucy Walken. It's Friday, the 29th of July. In your sport today, Manly's pride jersey is here to stay. An F1 legend retires. Australia's Com Games COVID scare. And homework worth millions. This is your sport today. We've been talking about it all week and last night the Manly Sea Eagles played in their rainbow trimmed pride jersey without seven of their best players. Many predicted it would be a one-sided match against the Roosters, but the Sea Eagles put up a fight in a losing cause. Loose, after all the build-up, how did it play out? This was an intense physical match right from the start in front of a big crowd at Manly's home ground at Four Pines Park. Roosters winger Daniel Tupu scored pretty easily in the eighth minute. You got a sense this could have been a blowout, but with an understrength team, Manly hung in there. The Roosters were up 18-6 at halftime, but Manly held them trialless in the second half and scored the last try to lose 20-10. to It means the Roosters are now two points ahead of Manly in eighth spot, and the Sea Eagles could slip to 11th if the Raiders and Dragons win this weekend. Yeah, we watched the game last night and the effort was certainly there from the Manly players and there were rainbow flags and jerseys all through the crowd. Now those fans might want to hold on to that gear because Luce, Manly want to make this an annual event. Yeah, we heard from Sea Eagles chairman Scott Penn. He's just got back from New York and pretty much immediately spoke to the seven players who boycotted the game on religious grounds. Penn met with the seven players before yesterday's game and said those players were frustrated they weren't consulted about the jersey, but he says he's confident the whole team will wear the jersey next year if they work together. Penn says Manly will learn from the mistakes this week, but more importantly, he wants the Sea Eagles to be the most inclusive club in the NRL. Yep, they were the first team in the NRL to wear a pride jersey last night and they want to do it again next year and Penn says he's going to talk to the league about holding an entire pride round. Uh, The seven players are expected to return next week against Parramatta. That game's on Friday night. Last night, F1 driver Sebastian Vettel posted for the first time on Instagram and it was a pretty significant post. It was a black and white video of him announcing his retirement from F1. Luis, what are the details? Vettel says 2022 will be his last F1 season. Vettel says he's going to spend more time with his three children and his wife and that his best race is still to come. But in an F1 car, he had a lot of very good races. He had 15 years in Formula One with five different teams, but he'll most be remembered for a six-year stint with Red Bull. He won four drivers' championships in a row from 2010 to 2013, and he still holds the record for the youngest world champion at 23 years and 134 days old. He's now 35, and he's won 53 races, the third most ever behind Lewis Hamilton and Michael Schumacher. And a bit of a fun fact, he names all his racing cars. So there's been Julie, Abby, and Eva, just to name a few. <laughs> well, my car is called Bluey because it's blue. Uh, I'm not <laughs> sure I'm as creative as Vettel. Uh, he's still got the rest of the season to go, which continues this Sunday with the Hungarian Grand Prix. Today's trivia question brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile. Where was Vettel's last F1 win? Let's give us a clue. Well, if you can remember back to 2019, it was with Ferrari. 
right, he still might have one to come. But right now, we'll find out the answer at the end of the show. As we record this podcast, the Commonwealth Games opening ceremony is in full swing, as is the case with pretty much any major gathering these days. COVID-19 is a big factor. The Aussies are taking extra precautions at the Com Games, but loose. It's got our dual world champion javelin thrower, Kelsey Lee Barber. Yeah, she's the first Australian to test positive at the Com Games, but there is some good news. Barber is asymptomatic and the Javelin final isn't until August 7, which is the last day of the track and field events. There's no good time to get COVID, but getting it this far out from her event means she'll likely be right to compete if she's still feeling fine and asymptomatic athletes are allowed to compete in Birmingham. The Com Games Authority has left it up to each team as to how they handle COVID positive athletes. Australia has taken extra precautions like mandatory mask wearing and it's why less than half the team will march in this morning's opening ceremony. Yeah, you can't be too careful. Uh, If you want to watch the Com Games, 7 is the number you need to remember. You can watch it on Channel 7, stream it on 7 Plus and coverage starts at 7pm Eastern Time each day. To Russia now and the latest on the Brittany Griner detention case, the American basketball star has been detained in Moscow since arriving in February on drug-related charges, but now the US government is trying to get her home as part of a prisoner swap. Yeah, we found out yesterday that the US government is willing to make a deal with Russia for Griner and fellow American Paul Whelan. The details haven't been released yet, but we know the deal was offered weeks ago while Griner has been on trial and in Russian custody. Griner landed in Russia in February to play basketball, but vape cartridges with cannabis oil were found in her luggage upon arrival. She says they were packed in a rush with no criminal intent, but transporting drugs has a maximum sentence of 10 years. U.S. sports stars like Steph Curry and Megan Rapinoe and hundreds more have used their profile to push for Griner's freedom since she's been detained. Well, it won't be long until we have an outcome loose. Griner's trial has now had six hearings and is expected to end early next month. We're still a week out from the start of the rugby championship, but yesterday, Sanza, that's who runs the tournament. They got the green light for the 20-minute red card to return. How does this work, loose? So the way it works is when a player is shown a red card, they're sent from the field for the rest of the match. But after 20 minutes, they can be replaced by a bench player. So it's 15 on 15 again with a normal red card. Once you're off, you're off and there's no replacement. The 20 minute red card was brought in to keep the spectacle in the game and avoid one-sided games when a player is sent off. It's been trialed in Super Rugby since 2020 and it's got strong support from Wallabies coach Dave Rennie and England coach Eddie Jones, but Northern Hemisphere nations reportedly don't think 20 minutes is harsh enough and a global trial was rejected by World Rugby in May. That was meant to be the end of it, but it's back for the rugby championship. It's back and we'll have to see how it goes when the Rugby Championship starts next weekend. The Wallabies are in Argentina and they're going to play two games over there. When it comes to doing your homework, not even multi-million dollar athletes can get out of it sometimes. American football quarterback Kyler Murray signed a new $330 million deal this week and there's a special clause in his contract. 
this one wouldn't have got me because I was a very good studier, Sam. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> but after a bit and back and forth between Murray's management and the Arizona Cardinals, Murray signed a five-year mega deal that's worth about a million Aussie dollars a week. <laughs> but in the contract, a clause has been discovered that says Murray must complete four hours of independent study each week and cannot be distracted by things like TV, the internet, or video games. Murray is a big Call of Duty player and research shows his performance drops every year when the new Call of Duty comes out around the end of October. If he doesn't do his homework, he could lose $143 million. (laughs) Well, Luce, I don't think the old my dog ate my homework line is going to cut it here with millions on the line. Uh, Tell you what, it might be worth splashing out on a tutor. Make sure you get those grades. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All right, time for Catch This, the stuff that's coming up this weekend. Uh, Loose, plenty of sport on. What are you watching? Plenty of sport, but my Catch This isn't until Sunday night, Monday morning, 2 a.m. Monday. It's the women's Euro final. England are taking on Germany. It's going to be in front of a packed English crowd, so that's going to be very exciting. It's been a good time to be an English football fan. We'll bring you the result of that on Monday. And if you're up early, you can watch it on Optus Sport. Uh, All right, let's get to today's trivia question brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile. When was the last time Sebastian Vettel won an F1 race? Lucia gave us the team and the year, but where was it? It was in Singapore. Singapore, that's right. He was driving for Ferrari. Uh, All right, that is us done this week on Sport Today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you hear, tell a mate, leave us a review. It really helps us grow so we can keep doing this podcast for you. Have a great weekend. Watch heaps of sport. We'll catch you again on Monday.